Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is the Oh What's Up podcast, and we're Allie and Aaron, and uh, we're just here to chat about whatever we want to. Yeah. What are we chatting about this week? Today we're talking about uh, girl bosses and the saddest songs in the world. Yeah. Two subjects that we're super well-versed on. Yeah. That we're very passionate about. Yep. Very in our bag with. Two not girls are going to talk about girl bosses, <laughs> and two sad people are going to talk about sad songs. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why are we talking about girl bosses? So, um, you know, this, I think God might have just sent this to us. Because <laughs> God's I, a big fan of the pod. God's <laughs> a huge fan of the pod. A huge fan of the pod. Yeah. I saw that somebody liked this tweet on Twitter. Um, and it's a Hillary Clinton tweet, first of all, and it, it's a copy of a article from the failing New York Times that says, when schools closed, Americans turned to their usual backup plan, mothers. Mm-hmm. That's the title of That's the New York Times article. Title, but it's like an upshot article. It like didn't even really make it into the New York Times. <laughs> and Hillary Clinton tweeted it and said, and this is a quote from the article, which I later found out. Other countries have social safety nets. The U.S. has women. And I was just thinking about how many girl bosses we must need to run the U.S. <laughs> yeah. But if there's one thing the U.S. is in desperate need of right now, it's more girl bosses. And, I mean, here comes Kamala Harris, right? <laughs> and like, and Kamala all of Harris. a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Kamala Harris as the vice president. Yeah, riding in on her white little horse. Yeah, after, after... <laughs> She like after she like yelled at Joe Biden at that first presidential debate. <laughs> yeah, and now right. she's just like, oh, just me and my guy Joe. Like, yeah. didn't she what? like call him a segregationist? Yeah, because he was right. And now I she understand. has to like work in a symbolic position for this man. Yeah. And why did they like? Yeah, and her. I mean, her entire purpose of being on the ticket was like so that like Kamala was on the ticket. Yeah. 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 So she could just, like, continue to push the party to the right. So she could continue to be a girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> I just, to me it seems like, okay, I really believe that men must have invented girl bosses, right? 100%. Just to, like, eventually well, have Kamala Harris serve this perfect little role in this, like, <laughs> yeah. mess of an administration. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's, like, even if technically men didn't invent girl bosses it's like men invented everything right and we're like all internalized misogynists so like yes men did invent girl bosses yeah it's evil like capitalism it's very evil like capitalism and okay so i was reading an article in in these times um (laughs) my one dollar a month magazine um which is (laughs) <laughs> the most valuable thing I own, I think, probably. <laughs> but anyways, um, about, like, anti-feminist, like, militarism. And it's like, yeah, okay, obviously, right, all femi- or all militarism is anti-feminist. Like, duh. Duh. Um, but it's talking about how, like, the first lady is gonna, like, run the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? They were just psyched? <laughs> no, no. But I was gonna say, I mean, if we defund the Pentagon, then uh, we're gonna just perpetuate the wage gap, right? Because <laughs> that cabinet lady's position is gonna get like slashed. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, and like, 
uh, wage equity for uh, white middle class women is the top priority right now. Right. Yeah. Of course. It's so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a little spicy one right there. Yeah. It's a little spicy take right there. Oh, but uh, what I was I thinking about okay. was like, are they just gonna scapegoat Kamala and this lady that runs the Pentagon for like all of the criminal activity they engage in in the next four years? You know. Um. Probably. Like, is that why they're there? The the vice president? Yeah. Or at least Kamala Harris in the Biden administration. Oh, yeah. You think so? I don't like know. Like, the Dems? You think the Dems are going to do that? Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, it's Kamala's fault. Because, um, like, she's really running the presidency, uh, you know? you're so right. You know? Yeah. Especially yeah. when he dies in, like, three weeks or whatever. <laughs> in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> video of him challenging someone to a push-up contest. Uh, recently? He goes, <laughs> and he challenges someone to a push-up contest. Re- like, during his, like, uh, yeah, campaign? like, over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> he called someone fat and then challenged him to <laughs> Yeah, which is very girl boss, if you ask me. <laughs> Holy shit, that is so funny. Isn't that so funny? any of this real oh my god that is so crazy dude i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe you did that why is no one talking about that (laughs) we have bigger things to worry about i guess so but like oh my god well anyway back to girl bosses so we wanted to find out what exactly a girl boss was Mm -hmm. we're very thorough researchers here at the oh what's up podcast and so on urban dictionary we found that a girl boss is girl youtubers and bloggers who get something for nothing by being all girl boss and contacting brands for freebies and i thought an incel had to have written that (laughs) And then yeah. Allie said that the way that you get put up on a dictionary, <laughs> like the way that this is decided to be the top, the top definition is because it gets upvoted. Right. So like it has like likes and dislikes and also like inter- you can like interact with them so you can like comment on the definitions I think. Yeah, but the only people doing that on Urban Dictionary are incels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, that's how this definition got to the top is by it had like the most interactions from like the whole site. Then whatever. we found a must less misogynistic one uh-huh. that said, girl boss, a woman in control, taking charge of her own circumstances in work and life. Someone who knows her worth and won't accept anything less. She is not a mean girl. In fact, she hates mean girls. <laughs> she is empowering inspiring to those around her. She kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like every other word of that definition was, oh, and of course, she's white. And she's white. And by the way, she's a white woman. <laughs> who works at, like, a mid-level, like, marketing company. Yeah. And... Also, besides the fact that um, girl bossery was probably invented by men, it's also um, steeped in capitalism. Totally. Because it's about, like, women in the workplace. It's, like, it's like the modern-day response to, like, women's lib and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also, like, but, so then that has been critiqued and, like, people that aren't so... Oblivious have kind of caught on to that, and so now they're like 
But me and my really expensive self-care routine is, like, so girl boss. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> me and my, like, very able body, like, very heteronormative whatever. Um, like, that is so girl boss of me. Yeah. To, like, be desirable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Like, I'm wearing high heels to a restaurant. I'm such a girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's even, like, I think that's actually even worse, because at least in, like, the corporate sense, it's, like, I guess, I mean, it's not really real and, like, but at least there's some sort of, like, intellectual element of it. You know what I mean? I guess. But then isn't it also, like, well, she's not like other women. She's smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why <laughs> I can't tell if I'm a misogynist or if I just watch too many movies. Because I feel like any female character is, like, only valued in terms of, like, her proximity to femininity or her, like, rejection of it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But, like, in a way where, like, she's still feminine in the way that men want her to be. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just so crazy that, like, women are never just, like, people in movies. No. Ever. Oh, never. No. They're always, like... The mother or something. Yeah. Know? And even if they're not, like, they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is so crazy. That's part of the reason why I, like, didn't really want to keep watching Hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand that it was supposed to be, like, a commentary on that concept, but mm-hmm. it was, like, still made by a man. Yeah. Okay, so I watched the new Borat, right? Uh-huh. And before anybody fucking jumps on me for this, I understand that Borat is supposed to be a critique of America and Sasha Baron Cohen is so, so smart and blah, 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 blah. But if it's a critique of America, then why is he presenting like a dehumanized character of an immigrant from Kazakhstan instead of just Americans? Mm. What is going on with that movie? It is so crazy. But anyway. (laughs) And also, well, also, I haven't seen either of the Borats, but I just want to jump in. Yeah. Um, people, like, don't understand that and then use it as an excuse to be anti-Semitic. Like, for fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I, (laughs) it just, I mean, anyways. But so, the new movie is, like, about his daughter or something, and her, like, (laughs) uh, Rudy Giuliani does, like, try to have sex with her, like, on camera. What? Which is really crazy. Rudy Giuliani is in it? Yeah, Rudy Giuliani is in that movie. Why? For what? They she... hired him as an actor? No, 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 no. She, like, pretended to be some, like, conservative pundit who was gonna, like, interview him. And so they, like, staged this fake interview, and then he, like, they, like, went to a hotel room together, and he, like, tried to have sex For with her. For real? Yes! And it's in the movie. What the fuck? Yeah. And it... he didn't get arrested? No! <laughs> Wait! What? Yeah, dude. Is it that easy? Should we just go meet Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> <laughs> they staged a fake meeting with the lawyer of the president? Yeah. <laughs> and that just happened? Yeah. Yeah, dude. This was filmed, like, over quarantine. What? He, like, stays with, like, oh, my God. He, like, stays with two, like, QAnon, like, conspiracy theorists. And they, like, go to, like, an anti-COVID, like, parade, or, like, um, I don't know, what are those called? Rally? And nobody knows that it's Sasha Baron Cohen doing Borat for the no, second movie? No, he's in a disguise in the second movie. He's not Borat. He's Borat in disguise. Oh. It's very convoluted. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, his daughter's in it, whatever. She, like, gets hot and all this stuff. And so, 
And I, so, so it's supposed to be a critique of like how like poorly Americans treat their women, whatever. But still her only liberation was like a sexual liberation that she didn't want. Ooh. It was like, they had like made her like hot and desirable, but like she didn't really want that. You know what that's exactly like? What? Unorthodox. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh exactly like that. Right? Literally exactly. Yeah. Ew. And like they... Oh, that is really off-putting to me that they so nasty. are also um, Jewish women. Yeah. I don't know I don't if think, that's no, like... The Borat is not Jewish. Oh, no? No. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen is Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> Unorthodox. Yeah. That was a crazy movie. Yeah. A show, whatever it was. Yeah. It was totally crazy. Yeah. I don't know, like, are, <laughs> uh, people in, like, Hollywood are supposed to be so, like, liberal, too, and they're all just, like, making movies where, like, women aren't people. Yeah. That is so weird. Yeah, it's really weird. It makes no sense. Uh, How long can that go women are for? like, I stand with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude. That's crazy. It is so crazy. So, what do you think women's liberation really looks like? Oh, God. Well, I think it has to do with, like, abolishing the gender binary. Totally. Like... Yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, does that even matter anymore? Like, is women's liberation, like, still a thing? I don't even know. Should it be? Like, should well, we be no, because, building, like, like, a, like, wider, like, yeah. solidarity? Well, because, like, know? the idea of a woman was, like, created by a man. So yeah. until, like, that doesn't exist anymore, I'm always going to have this, like, internalized male gaze yeah, that I'm totally. never going to get rid of. Yeah. So, but, like, I don't know if that's, like, how could that ever happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we just have to, Maybe like, I need to read some science fiction about it. Get, ri get rid of everyone and start over? Yeah. <laughs> that is not... <laughs> gonna happen. I don't know. So that, like, talk I went to last night was with Angela Davis and Adrienne Marie Brown. Uh -huh. And Adrienne Marie Brown says that all organizing is science fiction, and she talks about how, like, um, like, the only futures we're able to create are, like, the ones that we're able to, like, imagine, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's really cool. And I think it is cool yeah. to, like, imagine a place where, like, that doesn't exist, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it is, like, really violent <laughs> and difficult to, 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 like, sustain and, like, I don't know. I think that there maybe will come a time where things like that end. You think so? I think maybe. Yeah. I mean, everything, like, man-made has been destroyed so far, too. Maybe in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in hell. Dude, fucking maybe. I saw a really funny TikTok today. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was someone, like, in, like, hell or whatever. Yeah. And they were Ronald Reagan, and it was like, Ronald Reagan is waiting for heaven to trickle down into hell. <laughs> Where is Ronald Reagan? Where is Ronald Reagan? <laughs> and I think that might be that on Girl Bosses. Yeah. Well, now that we've come to Ronald Reagan. Now we've finally come full circle and gotten to Ronald Reagan, the ultimate girl boss. Um, now we're going to talk about the saddest songs in the world. Of course we are. What do you want to say about the saddest songs in the world? Um, what, what, what do you think is the saddest song in the world? I think the saddest song in the world is Thank You by Bonnie Raitt. Okay. I believe is how you say her name. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not really that sad of a song. 
Yeah. It's actually very nice, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a very, very nice song. Well, there's something very melancholy about things being very nice. Um, I think I'm just sad because it's not mine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like a very, very nice song. And it just seems very nice to like live in that, you know? Oh. Yeah. Isn't, that's how you felt about something else too. Um, that's how I feel about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, am I going to remember it? <sighs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's gone. That's okay. <laughs> there was a song that you thought was really sad, but because you didn't think that the person singing it was serious about them feeling good. Or that the good feeling was going to go away. Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> I wish I knew what it was. Oh my god, it was um, Love You For A Long Time by Maggie Rogers. Yeah, that is a really sad song. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. That is such a sad song. She's, She's not going to love him for a long time. <laughs> that is not going to happen. But she thinks it is. Yeah, but, like, come on. <laughs> but it's not a sad song. The rest of that album is about a breakup, isn't it? That's a single. Really? Not on the album. Well, what did I know? <laughs> <laughs> what do you know, Erin? What else do you know about sad songs? Um, it's really sad when your parents listen to sad songs. It's sad when my mom listens to Operator by Jim Croce, because my mom always cries when she listens to Operator by Jim Croce. Yeah. And I really love that song a lot. I think it's really, really good and nice. And when I was living here alone before you got here, I would every day at like 4 p.m., I would like take a glass of rosé into the shower and just listen to Operator by Jim Croce for like maybe an hour. (laughs) Is that why the hot water's so fucked up? (laughs) Yeah, it is so nice. Yeah. That's a really nice song. Yeah, but it makes me sad that my mom is so sad. Yeah. My freshman year when I got back to Chicago after Thanksgiving break, my dad texted me and he said, it was nice to see you over Thanksgiving. Um, here's a song that I think you should listen to. And it was So Far Away by Carol King. I cried so much. It was so sad. That was really, really sad. Yeah. And I was like 18 and weird. And yeah. I just cut myself some bangs. Like, it was so sad. Do you think Cut Your Bangs is a sad song? Um, yeah, I guess. I think it's kind of sad. I think it is sad too. But I think it's sad for like the person that they're singing about. You know what I mean? You know what's a really sad song? What? The Valley. Oh my god, I love that song so much. Oh my god! The first time that I heard The Valley, I think it came up on like my Spotify Discover or like something like that. Yeah. And um it was it's just this like one minute and fifteen second song and it's like very like a cappella and incredible and and I was maybe like sixteen or seventeen when I heard it mm-hmm. and I just freaked out. <laughs> I was like holy shit, I am, like, a choir kid, and this song, like, is so pleasing to my brain and my ears, and it is, like, so deeply, like, sad. That song is sad. And I've listened to it almost every day since I've heard it. (laughs) I love that song so much. Should we play it? Oh, my God, I think we should play it. All right, this is a treat for everyone, then. Oh, my God. A little interlude. This is the best song in the world. 
message first and I was always either not doing it or like sending something terrible like the little waving hand emoji or like a high with four eyes or whatever you know when people send the like giffies where like the eyes just get really big you yeah. know what I'm talking about that is so creepy those to are me. very creepy so I was like okay I need to come up with just like a standard question so my standard question for all my bumble matches is what's the saddest song that you've ever heard word and I've gotten some pretty, um, I have some good responses, some annoying responses, bad responses, but I started putting them all on a playlist. Mm -hmm. Should we go through some of the songs in that playlist? Absolutely. <laughs> Didn't somebody, like, not know, uh, what Piano Man was? Yeah. One person responded, like, a joke answer, and then, um ask me the same question, and I think that Piano Man might be the saddest song that's ever been written. Uh-huh. 
And so I answered that, and he was like, oh, haha, that sounds like a cool song, but I've never heard it. You know what he said the saddest song was? It was the Bruno Mars song, When She Was My Girl, right? So When I Was Your Man. When I Was Your Man. So I think it's really, really possible that, like, that guy doesn't know what Piano Man is, you know? If, if that Bruno Mars song is the saddest song Wait, he's ever heard. And do, you remember, <laughs> and do you remember the guy who I asked that to, and he was like, Fuck you, why'd you ask me that? <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. Wasn't his bio like, I like weird music, ask me about it. Yes, yes. These are the people that I matching with on Bumble. Okay, so one person, uh, so there was the When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars guy. <laughs> a lot of men have reasonably, recently been citing a lot of Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd Kyoto get on there? And Scott Street? Oh my god, sexy. Who said that? But, like, <laughs> um, all, like, these songs are, like, about, like, men. Yeah. <laughs> like, not well, really, but, like, They're definitely you know about... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's some good songs. I mean, there's Frank Ocean on here. Oh, there's this fucking song. Can I play you this song? I know I don't think you'll know what the title is, so okay. I have to play the first like forty-five seconds. Is it like Weird Al Yankovic or something? No. <laughs> Do you know what this is? Okay, you'll know what it is in like twenty seconds. So you're about to know what it is. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Just kind of who I am as a person. <laughs> and if this, if the uh, listeners are extra good, maybe they'll hear a little bit of it. <laughs> maybe if they subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, they subscribe to the podcast only fans, <laughs> then they can hear a little bit of piano man as a treat. <laughs> Um, I'm enjoying this tweet that you put on the doc. Do you think you can read it for everyone? Or is this a quote from you? This is a quote from me. Can you read it to everyone? Yes. Um, on the day of the Super Bowl last year, I tweeted, <laughs> shut the fuck up about the Super Bowl, comma, I want to talk about Misty. <laughs> and the only person that favorited it was Allie. <laughs> <laughs> Were you on private back then? If no. so, I would have retweeted it. Oh, I was not on private back then. I should have retweeted it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want people to know that I was listening to Mitski on the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Bowl last year was maybe one of the saddest days of my life. 
Really? Yeah, I had a terrible day. Fourth of July this year was one of the saddest days of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened to you on the Super Bowl last year? Um, it was just a bummer all around, you know? Okay. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I forgot, we had like, uh, or no, wow, that was before quarantine. Totally, yeah. I thought we were already quarantining in February, but we weren't. You would think. One would think. Um, yesterday was the one-year birthday of the coronavirus. I know. <laughs> that is so sad. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to COVID-19. Our little baby. <laughs> we love and kiss and tuck in that night. <laughs> when Scott Disick find out that COVID-19. <laughs> I just have, like, a robot when I said that. <laughs> you did. Um... Have we said everything that we need to say about sad songs? I think so. Should we play everybody out with a sad song? Okay. What song should we play? Um, should I play a little Piano Man? Yeah. Okay, great. Let me get set up. Yeah. Anna, <laughs> Allie's gonna do a recital. Well, I'm sure that I could 
bike, get out of this place. Da 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 di da. Da 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 di da. Is practicing politics as a businessman slowly gets stoned. Yes, they're sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. Song tonight while we're all. 